Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint and today we're going to be discussing the term Celtic and I put this title Are You Celtic as a question because I feel like there's a lot of people who are not really sure about what that even means and so we're just because this deals with the subject of the Scottish Clans and is kind of at the heart of the cultural aspect of our podcast. We're going to we're going to dive into this this idea of what of what it means to be Celtic, and and then talk about how that would relate to different clans. I don't ex- intend to take a lot of time talking about this, but I did feel that it needs to be discussed. Just um, looking at some conversations on the Facebook side of things, and knowing the own the trail that I have come down to where I presently sit and the view that I had in my head for so many years until I started to get into more academic sources. Um, this is this is what I want to talk about today. But before we dive into it, let me give a shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. They have got both a YouTube channel and a website, and both of them are, are I highly recommend to you to check out. The YouTube channel, they've got a ton of awesome stuff on there about Scottish culture, and, and you've heard me say in times past about this, and more generally, Celtic culture, because they have some things that are not uniquely Scottish, and so that's going to be fun to open that up today in, in, the, in this episode. So they do a lot to promote Scottish culture and and they talk about just, you know, they're a kilt-making company at their core, but they dive into a lot of related topics. And on their usakilts.com, go check that one out, that website. It's uh, they That's where they're, that's their storefront there. And that's where you'll find everything that you will ever need for purchasing a kilt or anything that's related to that line of clothing. And it's also free shipping within the U.S. So check them out. All right, so let's so let's talk about this term Celtic. Now, I'm going to be speaking in very broad terms. We're not going to get down super scholarly rabbit holes on this. There is not a 100% consensus within the scholarly community, and I will not be discussing, well, this scholar feels this and this scholar feels that. It's just a very broad thing. But I will just tell you that there is a lot of scholarly material on this. Another thing I want to let you know is, so if you want sources, so I've just, so one place that's always good just to start off with a basic ground level understanding of things is Wikipedia. Guys, I don't, I haven't agreed with every single Wikipedia article I've ever read, but it's good for what it's for. And if you look up the term Celts, spelled with a C, and it is a hard C, Celts, then you will go to that, if you go to that Wikipedia article, you will find that it has a lengthy references section. All right, so this is not just some dude getting on here just typing away his best ideas. It's well cited. I'm not saying it's perfectly cited, but there are a lot of things on here. One scholar I do want to note that pops up on here a lot and who I have come into contact with some of his work before checking the Wikipedia page out is John Koch. 
John T. Koch. Um, he, he's a scholar who has spent a lot of his life researching that the Celts, what is a Celt, how, where do they come from, what defines them, all these things. So if you want a specific trail to follow, go check out a lot of his work. And by the way, a lot of his work does have a hyperlink in the references, references section of the Wikipedia page. So, and then you can, you can just from this, let me just tell you, okay, since I'm sitting here looking at it right now, there are 158 entries in the reference section. And the bibliography is pretty extensive and there's all sorts of like I said hyperlinks you can spend years going down all the rabbit trails all the rabbit holes to use the Alice in Wonderland illusion there you can spend years following all these trails um, just that that has just you can go to just at using the Wikipedia page as your springboard okay so all right so, so first of all Celtic or is it Celtic Look, there were some spelling and pronunciation changes in the British Empire, and I'm not an expert on it, but I do know where the term Celtic comes from, and it's first found mentioned amongst the Greeks, and it's with them, this is where we first find it, it's, it's, a, it's a hard C or a K sound, it's Celtic, it's Keltoi, not, or as the Romans brought it into the Latin language, Celti, so it's not the the Celtic the soft C comes later and it's it's good for the basketball team. All right, but it's Celtic. All right, so um, what is a Celt? What is it? Is it possible? Well, let, let me just start off by answering. A Celt is is mostly a linguistic term. Okay, a Celt Celtic Celt that's a linguistic term. Um, it refers to a language family within the Indo-European group of languages. Okay, there's different families in there. So you've got Celtic language family, which is closely connected with the Italic or Italic uh, family of languages within the Indo-European group. All right. So the Indo-European group of languages stretches from the very extremities, northwest extremities of Europe, all the way to India. That's why it's Indo-European. And of course, so yeah, it's a broad geographically speaking. It's and now with since the you know the colonization of the New World and Africa, it's it's spoken all over the world. Celtic or Indo-European languages are spoken all over. So Celtic is a very specific branch within that other. Like I mentioned, you have the Italic branch of the family, and they, the scholars think, because of the similarities between the Celtic family and the Italic family, that they, it was a later branch off where they, where they, the Celts and the Italics, they split and become different language families. You also have the Germanic language family, you have the Slavic language family, the Hellenic, which mostly today is represented by Greek. Um, so that, those are just some of the, the major groups, okay? This is not, once again, not meant to be a huge, ex, exhaustive discussion of this topic. Okay, so let's dial it in on the Celtic branch of the family, of the Indo-European group, the Celtic family of languages. So with Celtic, you have two main branches of this family. 
you have what is called Q-Celtic or Goidelic branch of the family, and you have the P-Celtic or Brythonic branch of the family. The Q-Celtic or Goidelic branch of the Celtic language family includes Irish Gaelic, Manx, and Gaelic or Scottish Gaelic. There's and you can go more in the Irish people just using the term Irish when they're speaking English, but Gaelica when they're speaking in their native tongue. And, and let's not just go, let's just say, okay, you got Irish, Gaelic, Scottish, Gaelic, and Minx. All right, so that's the Q Celtic, Goidelic side of the family. The P Celtic or Brythonic side of the family includes Welsh, Breton, and Cornish. Now, Cornish on the P-Celtic side of the family and Manx on the Q-Celtic side of the family are revivals. They have, as far as I understand, at one point there's no native speakers left, but there is enough remnants recorded of both languages that they could resurrect it, especially as they have whatever sources they're using to spring from and then maybe with reaching out into the still, still currently spoken other languages that are similar to it they've they've re reconstructed it i and i don't that's a, that's a movement that i have not just completely done a deep dive into but all i want to show you here is the two different sides of the family all right um whether whether there really was a last corner speaker that never died and so we have an authentic version I yeah i don't know that's that's a little beyond what i've studied in depth but cornish welsh breton welsh Welsh apparently has done the best of all the Celtic languages as far as the percentage of native speakers versus the population of Wales compared to Scotland and how you know, the percentage of Scots that speak Gaelic as their first language or the other countries. I believe that Welsh has the highest percentage. And I'm not just saying that because I have Welsh pride because Edwards has come from Wales. I'm just, I'm just telling you that that's my understanding of the numbers. Breton, for those of you unfamiliar with that, is spoken in Brittany or Bretagne, France, and it is on that P Celtic side of the family. So back over, so zooming back out a little bit, the two different branches of this family. So why are they called Q Celtic versus P Celtic? Because the Q Celtic side of the family, and I don't know why they picked a Q instead of a K or a hard C, but they just chose Q. And I don't know a lot of things this included. But in that side of the family where you have a a K sound or a K like as in Canada, on the other on the P Celtic side you'll have a P sound. Kind of it's pretty intuitive. So you'll have an an, an example of this is the Gallic Ken for head, like Malcolm Canmore, the the, the big head or great chief, however you want to look at that. Um, I wasn't there, but on the P Celtic side, you'll have the word pen, and you can use this referring to actually somebody's head or a geographical feature like a headland. And so you have Kintyre, which is the same thing, and then you have on the other side of the hat, you have you have tons of names that are actually okay. I, I was tempted to go down a rabbit hole there. Anyway, pen on the P Celtic side, can with a K sound on the Q Celtic side. Okay, so that's the major 
Major differences. There's a lot of words they have in common, but they are not mutually intelligible. Welsh, a Welsh speaker and an Irish speaker cannot just speak their own languages and understand each other. Can an Irish speaker and a and a Scotch Gaelic speaker understand each other? Um, there's a Gaelic continuum. If you start in the south of Ireland, move from south through to northern Ireland, cross the water into that adjoining part of Scotland, that that nearest part of Scotland, and move. So you that'd be Kintyre, I think, and just go or, or Galloway. But you just move north from there. It's a it's a continuum. So the people in so the Gaelic that was spoken in Kintyre would be very similar to the Gaelic that was spoken that or that currently is spoken in Ulster in Northern Ireland. However, the Gaelic that was spoken in whatever parts of Caithness that it was spoken in in the very far north of Scotland would they might the, the a Gaelic speaker from up there might have a difficult time understanding a Gaelic speaker from or a Gaelic speaker an Irish speaker from um the Dingle Peninsula in the very southwest of Ireland okay so there's just that spectrum and and so that's the Celtic that's kind of your your introduction to the Celtic language family now is the term Celtic only linguistic not necessarily there are there's a material culture that's associated with the Celtic language as you go back in time and you, we're getting into archaeology now because we're pre-written sources especially by native Celts you go back into the Roman days and the Celts weren't writing a lot down I won't say they never wrote anything down because they did but generally they did not keep their histories written that was an oral tradition and the problem with that is now we have everything that we know about the Celtic speaking people at that time, right? I'm not saying Celtic as a language. I'm talking about anybody who speaks a language that's part of that family. The only thing we know about them is from other people. And you can imagine the problems with bias that we would encounter there. So there is a material culture that is associated with Celtic language. Now, how do we know that the people who dressed like this or had these artifacts or built structures or forts like in this way? How do we know they're speaking a Celtic language? Because of inscriptions. Like I told you, they did write some things down. And so the, we'll see that somebody will inscribe their name on something and it'll be a Celtic name. Or they'll they'll actually write a sentence or something. There's some kind of linguistic stamp on the material culture that is associated with a Celtic language a Celtic language. Just want to reiterate, there is no language that's called Celtic. Okay? Nobody speaks Celtic. There are people who speak Celtic languages like Welsh or like Breton, but there is nobody who speaks a language that is called Celtic. Okay, just want to clear that up because that is something I have encountered before. Uh, so I've heard, you know what? A weird, another weird thing I've heard before is Welsh Gaelic. Does that do they speak Welsh Gaelic there? No, they don't. There's no such thing. That's a that's a misunderstanding and a kind of a conflation of two separate languages that belong to the same family, two different branches of that family, but same family. All right, but two different languages. There's no such thing as Welsh Gaelic or 
Irish Welsh or Gaelic Welsh or what I don't even know how many combinations you can throw together there but you get the idea that doesn't exist and there is no language called Celtic now you have proto-Celtic that was some kind of common language that was spoken before the different branches and splits began to happen but uh, but as far as today and as far as any of your ancestors that you're listening to this um, they weren't they weren't speaking a language called Celtic now um, here's another problem we have here so there's a the language the linguistic connection to the archaeology still leaves a little room for the possibility that um, a person could be engaged in that material culture without actually speaking a Celtic language. All right. So you have a river that separates. And now let me just before I get into that example. The Celtic, Celtic languages of different types were spoken across Europe at one time. Before the Romans became the big bad boys on the block. So we're talking like three, four, five hundreds BC. There were Celtic languages all over the place. And in the 200s BC, if I remember correctly, that is when a group of Celtic speaking people, right, spoke some language that's in the Celtic family. They they pushed east, sacked places in Greece, pushed on a little farther into Asia Minor, which is now Turkey, and set up shop there. And that is who Paul was addressing in his, his epistle to the Galatians. Okay? We're talking about the, the epistle to the Galatians in the New Testament. He's addressing Christian converts amongst this group of Celtic-speaking people that had settled there, and maybe Jews who had mixed with them, and, and I, I'm not going to get into an in-depth New Testament conversation on that, but so you have, that's the easternmost example of this. The westernmost would be Ireland and Scotland, you know, the nor north and north and west, unless, I don't know, you maybe make an example that there were Celtic languages that were spoken in the Iberian Peninsula, so what's now Spain and Portugal, Celtic languages of some sort were spoken throughout there okay so just kind of give you an idea um through, through all across europe and so you have so an example would be you got a guy living on one side of the river or, or a tribe on one side of the river and they speak a celtic language but then you have a on the other side of the river there's a tribe that speaks a germanic language but did their material culture look drastically different and so there's something to consider you know we have if you look at our material culture today, speaking as a citizen of the United States, there's things that are associated with us, you know, McDonald's in the, in the golden arches, but there's McDonald's now in all sorts of places that don't speak English. So you can see the kind of problems that, that could occur there. Now, like I said, it's not like material culture and language are completely unconnected, but just there, there's room to explore there. And among scholars, there's differences of, of opinion. It's not, they're all in lockstep with each other. Okay, so um, let's, let's talk about DNA, shall we, for a second. So Celtic DNA, is there such a thing? Okay, so then this actually 
comes from this Facebook side of the house that somebody said they had a DNA test. And this is a problem when the very DNA test people are telling you you have Celtic DNA from Switzerland. Okay, so let me break that down and tell you what that means. In Switzerland, and the, the, the Alpine region of Central Europe, that is where the earliest examples of material culture that we can associate with a Celtic speaking, a Celtic language speaking group of people. That's so for a long time, people thought that was the homeland of the Celts and they exploded out from there like the Vikings did out of Scandinavia much later and just conquered places all over Europe. And so that would be the homeland. And so if you have ants, uh, DNA from Switzerland and they're going to say, hey, you have Celtic DNA. Oh, okay. So, but since then, the problem is there's very few scholars that I've seen or read who are espousing this waves of migration model for the spread of this material culture and therefore Celtic languages. Very few of them who see much evidence for just a complete waves of immigration and conquest. What it looks like more is the culture became popular and spread. And if you're elite, you know, the, the people at the very top of the socioeconomic ladder are speaking a certain language, that's the way to, to climb. So that's why you have a lot of Britons under an Anglo-Saxon controlled, what would become England. You have, they didn't exterminate the Britons. The Britons, to climb the social economic ladder, you had to learn the Saxon tongue. And and they end, end up abandoning, the, probably a very similar thing happened with the Picts as the, the ruling dynasty became Gaelicized. They were as much picked by ancestry as they were um, Scott from Dalriada, but, and that's a, that's a longer story, but it is an interesting story. Look up the history of Constantine II, king of the Picts. Anyway, um, so you see, you see what's going on here. Cultural diffusion, not necessarily waves of conquerors displacing a previous population. Genetic tests have borne that out. Within the British Isles generally, there is still a very strong remnant of the very first settlers that came in there. So pro probably pre any Celtic language spoken in Britain. Now, so and then there's different. So now we've, so we've left behind the model of a core homeland in the Alps and then just exploding on out on the rest of Europe. That's not, that's not adhered to very much by, by very many scholars. And, and I mentioned John T. Koch earlier at the beginning of this episode. Um, he, he, he's an advocate along with Barry Cunliffe, who's another very interesting person to read on the subject of Celtic from the West, that the Celtic branch of the Indo-European language group or the Celtic family actually had their origins in the, the Atlantic seaboard of Europe. And then it spread east from there. And there's, there's YouTube videos on that and it's an interesting topic, but I, that's about as much as I'll go into that there. So the problem with Celtic DNA is, so if you're, so does a Celt, somebody who speaks a Celtic language and they're, they're living in, the ancient Alpine region, does, do they look genetically similar to somebody from Wales or Western Ireland or Northern Scotland or Southern England 
or do you, do you see the problem here? Now let's go to the Iberian Peninsula, where Celtic languages were spoken. All right, do the people in the Iberian Peninsula look genetically similar to the Alpine? You see what I'm saying here? There's there's problems with saying I have Celtic DNA. Well, what what's that? So just so you know that when we use the term Celtic, primarily it's a linguistic term. And then also there's some material culture tied in. Oh, and I might also add, there's there's a mythology associated with this here. There's there's certain gods that were worshipped amongst Celtic-speaking people that it seems like there are. And, and, and we can probably break that down very locally, like there was local gods that were worshipped by one Celtic-speaking tribe and not by another one. But there were some top layer that were kind of common throughout the Celtic-speaking world. And there's there's analogies be from one side of the Celtic family to the other. So you have Mananan Maclear in the Goidelic side of the family, and then you have Manawadan Maplir or Maplir in Welsh. I think I'm somewhere in the ballpark of correct pronunciation on that. So there's there is a there and when we say mythology, it was their religion. They weren't you know, I, I don't know if it's playing their religion down by calling it mythology. Was Is that how they looked at it? Or was they like, like, no, this is how the world works. This is it. This is our religion. So there's mythology, there's material culture, but just want to pound on this linguistic concept, all right? Celtic is primarily a linguistic term. And there's huge problems with claiming that you have Celtic DNA. But it's a complicated... The DNA story is complex, and once again, there is not a uniform narrative when it comes to DNA either. So do all the reading you can, cover as broad a spectrum as you can, um, and if you find something that you think would be helpful. The reason about it that I want to address this is because people are getting into their history and Scottish heritage, and they're like, oh, I've got Celtic background. Now, in as much as you have ancestors that spoke any of those Celtic languages, you are correct. You have a Celtic heritage of some sort. All right. Um, I just wanted to say, okay, what does that mean or not? Now, in the context, just really briefly, of Scottish clans, if we're using language as the identifier here, you know, a Hume from, from the border kindred, the border surname Hume, very powerful clan in the eastern march of the Scottish borders, but not Celts, at least not by the time that that name er, arises and people are identified as Humes. The Humes did not speak a Celtic language. Now, were there ancestors of the Humes? If you go back far enough in that part of southeast Scotland, Yes, you can go back far enough and find the locals there that spoke a Brythonic language. They were Britons. But from the time that there was such thing as a Hume onward, no, they did not speak. So there's problems with You can't just assume, oh, I've got Scottish ancestry, so I've got Celtic ancestry. Not necessarily. Also, maybe you're descended from one of these powerful Norman family families that came into Scotland. We've discussed them at length here. Now, linguistically, they were they were French-speaking. Now, did they intermarry with local Celtic-speaking, Gaelic-speaking? You know, even, and even the, the Celtic question becomes 
muddled a little bit in Scotland because in Ireland, at least at one point, you have a Q Celtic language spoken throughout. But in Scotland, you've got the Britons of Strathclyde who speak a language similar to Old Welsh. You have the Picts that were on the P Celtic side of the family, but still kind of doing their own thing linguistically. Then you have the the Angles of Southeast that when the Kingdom of Northumbria stretched up into Southeast Scotland. And then you have the Scots of Dalriada. So all I'm saying, I guess, is when you talk about Scottish ancestry, you can't just Oh, I've got Celtic ancestry. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe you should do some research, see if your ancestors actually were living in a part of Scotland that where a strong Celtic language legacy existed at one time. And and if your ancestry can be traced back there, then, then you've got a strong foundation to say, yeah, I have Celtic ancestors, Celtic speaking ancestors. They spoke a Celtic language, not a language called Celtic. They spoke a Celtic language. It could have been the Old Welsh or the Brythonic of this kingdom of Strathclyde. It could have been Gaelic from Galloway or the Isle of Lewis or wherever your ancestors are from. I hope that was helpful in untangling this concept. And if there's further questions that need to be asked on this or something that needs to be unpacked a little bit further, um, I pray that you will go on, either reach out to me on thescottishclans.com not that, let me say that again, the Scottish clans at gmail.com or go on the Facebook group, Scottish clans, reach out through podbean.com. And let me give, before I wrap this up, let me give a final, just wholehearted shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. Will you go and check out their YouTube channel, USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions? It is awesome. So there you have the word Celtic in there. And they include that word because sometimes they branch out a little farther than Scottish. So you're, you're using Celtic as this broader umbrella word, right, that can reach out and include Irish and Welsh and stuff. And yes, they do talk about stuff on that YouTube channel concerning Irish stuff as it relates. To, they talk about Irish kilts. They talk about um, they have on their usakilts.com page, I almost haven't yet done it, but still might in the future, bought a Welsh dragon kilt pin just to give a little shout out to the Edwards side of the family. So look, you, they, they're, they're really doing a good job of covering all their bases, both on the storefront, on the YouTube channel. It's fascinating stuff they've got there, really good content, very knowledgeable. Go there, check them out. And and like I said, if you want to ask further questions or give me a cool source, reach out to me on the Scottish Clans at gmail.com, the Facebook group Scottish Clans, uh, podbean.com, and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, there was one more thing I had on my head there that I wanted to throw out to you, but I guess I can't remember, and so maybe I'll include it in the show notes. But... Uh, Oh, yeah, I hope that also you – I gave you good sources. Go to that Wikipedia. You have gobs of sources to check out on this subject. And until next time, Marshan Leib and Rasta.